Hello and welcome to episode 7 of... Everyone is a fanatic. Skeletons in the attic. My name is Brent and this is Patrick. Our show is overly dramatic. Our show is overly dramatic. Ready? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, man. How's it going this week? Oh, just fine. How about yourself? Yeah, pretty good. I've been biking a lot, man. Oh, yeah? Biking like a maniac. Every day I go out. It's supposed to be supposed to be like an easy day hard day right right but i end up seeing people on the track and like on my easy days you know i'm just supposed to work on rhythm and feel and right supposed to take it easy as it says easy day right but then i see somebody ahead of me or somebody passes me and it turns into a race like i can't let somebody just go by i gotta beat them Stuff in their spokes. Yeah, I can't. (laughs) That's why I don't think I could ever be a runner. Like, if I'm jogging and somebody passes me, it's a race. It's a foot race. But wouldn't that wouldn't that make you a successful runner? Right. (laughs) Oh, somebody's ahead of me. I have to pass them. I think I think you missed your calling. If that's your mindset, then be a runner. But I I I brought that mindset into into cycling. Ah. So. I am Lance Armstrong. Absolutely. I'm drugging it hard, you know, just like Lance did. <laughs> I was going to say, there's got to be a steroid joke in there somewhere. And then, like, maybe, hopefully a tasteful Cheryl Crow joke. Oh, God. Uh, she, I can't believe she did, well, actually dated him. I can't believe that still. Oh, well. Yeah, I guess it was, uh, yeah, it's that, I love Cheryl Crow, by the way. Yeah? She's actually one of my songwriting inspirations from the oh, 90s. Cool. Because her stuff was just... Like it was so simple, but it was so powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she was actually a good lyricist. Like I find that a lot of people, especially in the pop realm, their lyrics are, you know, relatively, you know, banal. Yeah. But she actually had some pretty interesting things to say in a clever way to say it. So, I, yeah, I love Sheryl Crow. Oh, cool. Lance, Armstrong, uh, Lance Armstrong, I don't really give a damn. So <laughs> my support. I don't care. He, he denied, 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 yeah. and then said, yeah, okay, I did He's the greatest drug cheat of all time, 100%, hands down. Absolutely. Hands down. In the name of cancer. In the name of cancer. In the name of. Yeah. Like, you still can't go anywhere. Like, if you talk about cycling, he's almost like the first person that pops in your – like, who won last year? I don't know. Who won the year? We don't know. We know Lance Armstrong's name. That's That's how popular or famous he became, right? It's crazy. And he also has, like, hands down, of any athlete, he has the porniest name. Hi, I'm Lance. <laughs> that's not a real name. That's like, a, that's like a villain from a manga comic or something. Lance You'd be surprised some of the names out there. We'll, we'll leave it there for it. <laughs> He's like a drag queen got, banjo player. Or we, got a, we got a lot of, we got a fun, fun, fun uh, show up ahead. Okay. Some, some very interesting topics. Yeah. People were asking me because I um actually started exercising during COVID and all that. Mm-hmm. Like I dropped like twenty five pounds. Awesome. Yeah, just because of the bike and 
you know, a little bit of diet. Yeah. And then people are like, what's your secret? What's your secret? Well, I, I exercise. And then what are you eating? I think um, people need to know that I starve. I starve myself. I'm starving. <laughs> right. If you eat, you binge, though? Essentially, everything you enjoy eating is probably not good for you. Right. Right? Yeah. There was a, there was a trainer a long time ago at, at this gym I worked at. He was, every client he met, he's like, what's your favorite thing? Oh, I love cakes. Oh, you can't have that on your cheat day. You're going to yeah. fill up your cupboard with a whole bunch of kale and <laughs> chips and all these snacks that you don't like. And then you yeah. won't eat as, as much. So now I'm taking in less calories. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a little fitter. Well, they say, I mean, social circumstances notwithstanding, they say anything white is bad for you. Oh, the right? sugar. Like sugar, potatoes, rice, white bread. Like uh -huh. Wonder Bread, stuff like right. that. So any, any white food is probably not very good for you. Right. So. And then the green stuff is good. The green antioxidants stuff. and so forth. Do you do, uh, I, sometimes I'll do, if I'm in the mood, if I'm real motivated, I do the intermittent fasting. Do you do that? Well, they, they call that, yeah, I'm just, I'm just starving. Right. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> what it is. Yeah. yeah. My coffee for 18 hours. Yeah, right? yeah. My body's just like, I need food. And it's just like, no. Ugh. Yeah. Well, yeah. the truth is, the reason I'm exercising is because I have more time. I, I would way rather be doing stand-up at nighttime, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. I'd rather be a fat guy who's funny than a fit <laughs> guy who's not. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think there's enough fat, funny guys, you know? Well, I, think I, I like my dad. I, I, I enjoy my dad bought on stage, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And I like your dad outfit on stage too, because you had like the horizontal striped golf shirt. Oh yeah. You had the cardinal <laughs> shorts. You had the brown sandals with the black socks. You know, that's what that's what I really appreciate. So you would either because I always appreciated that you didn't do a lot of race humor. No. You did your jokes were all about like being a dad and like anal stuff you watch. Oh. So remember that enema joke you had? It went on for like nine minutes. Right. Right. You don't remember. No. I'm not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> All right. You have a lot more editing to do. I got a lot. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> You've been working out yourself? I have been working out. See, the thing is, like, I've lost all my shows, right? Like, all my music and comedy stuff is just oh. suspended for the, the pandemic. Yeah. But my regular stuff hasn't, hasn't changed. I still do my teaching. I do mm -hmm. accent coaching to American immigrants. Right. I teach ESL to Korea. Um, and so those are still peppered throughout the day. So I, I can't really get out much. I still, no. I can't really go anywhere. It's just the nighttime gigs that are lost. So I'm trying to be proactive um, and, and just use the time wisely. So yep. I got, actually, I don't, know if, I don't know if you can see this. Okay. Down there, there's my, there's my exercise thing. Yeah. It looks, it looks kind of Dukes of Hazard out there right now. Okay. But my little gazebo, my courtyard, my fire pit, my uh, exercise machine. So I'm out there. I'm, I'm lifting weights and yeah. I'm doing like the, the, the gazelle kind of, uh, what do you call that? Like the elliptical? Yeah, your elliptical. Like, uh, yeah, just to keep myself in shape. Not, yeah. not for any competitive reason, just because I don't want to become the Uber Eats Netflix guy. <laughs> like everyone watching, so no offense. <laughs> And we have a few comedian friends who are that guy. Yeah. So, yes. um, no, that's good. Great for you, man. You're out there doing your thing. 
is what it is. You yeah. Know, I like it. You'll get some gigs again soon. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's um, coming. I watched uh, watch Hamilton Live. recently. You you've heard of uh, you've heard of this phenomenon, this musical phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But did you see it live somewhere? No, no. We say, were like, going to. We were going to see it live. It was supposed to be our ten year anniversary gift. Oh. I got her thousand dollar seats. We had thousand dollar seats. Nice. Then the show was canceled one week after the government shut down. Okay. Started shutting down entertainment businesses. Yeah, yeah. And then I got my money back and I was like, great, I can pay a couple bills here. <laughs> sure. Uh got my money back. But the fun part is the funny part is like I refuse to pay ten bucks to, to watch it on Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I borrowed a password from a friend. So I paid a thousand bucks. I got my refund. I was like, you know what, I'm not paying Disney ten bucks. Borrow from a friend. Yeah. No, I hear, I understand that. Well, first of all, a thousand dollar ticket in a theater. What is it like in a massage chair? <laughs> like a happy ending? Does it there? come with? No. Yeah. You, um, so it, these were like the balcony seats that are really close to the stage. Right. I figure if you, it's your 10 year, go all out, right? Yeah. Let's go, yeah. let's go to the, let's go bankrupt on this. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, 10 years before that we spent, over 10 grand on a wedding. So we okay. might as well ball out for our 10 year. Yeah, no, it's nice. And it shows yeah. you care and it's a, it's a significant milestone. I mean, I didn't think you'd make it that long. Right. <laughs> I mean, and you've only year. known me for a year. So <laughs> for a couple of years now, but no, you, and years. Your, you and your weight loss cooking, your competitive yeah, bicycling, yeah, yeah. you're just right. here a menace. Like you, you've got issues yeah. and I'm glad that she's stuck with you. I feel yeah. for her. Jeez, she's working you. through it. She's working through it. I, I'm a difficult, uh, I'm a challenge. I'm a work in progress. I have to say. I have to say. <laughs> but one of my, one of my best friends, actually, he's, he used to be kind of like that. Like he would, um, he'd, he'd pay 2000 bucks for like a broken amplifier, but yeah. he wouldn't go to a coffee shop without finding his punch card, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll blow 10 grand or I'll blow a thousand bucks on a theater ticket, but I ain't paying Disney nothing. No, so, it's, it's yeah. your, my value system is messed up. So yeah. <laughs> just, I, I think your value system is right, right on. Right actually. on. Yeah. yeah. But uh, about this show. Okay. So Michelle Obama, and I quote about Hamilton said it was the greatest work of art she's ever seen ever. Okay. And to that, I retort, have you ever seen kids after school rap in a rap battle? <laughs> because I saw it at my high school growing up all the time. Mm -hmm. They go hours and hours, man. People would be like spitting hot beats, you know, yeah. and then the guys would just go back and forth and back and forth. So yeah, I think just like the majority of people who go to watch musicals, they never hear rap. So for them, when they go out and they see Hamilton, Right. Story of the founding fathers, and it's like they're rapping. This is new and it's original. Right. If you don't right. come from that kind of like culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I just felt like it wasn't it wasn't all that it was blown up to be. Yeah, the I there there's not a great deal of entertainment that is centered around like urban kind of hip hop culture. No. Or at least not that not that goes mainstream. Yeah. I mean, I still remember uh, Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo 
but I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember anything about breaking one. I, I'm sure breaking one like set the pace. I'm sure it like set the but oh, electric boogaloo. Yeah, that's all I know. That's it. That's the extent of my rap knowledge. That's that's your. <laughs> yeah. And that well, Kanye's crazy. Yeah, uh, uh, I loved Eight Mile, but mm -hmm. you know, outside that, I don't really know a great deal about the uh, the urban scene. A lot of people like giving this this Hamilton such high regard, man. Like it, it it's almost yeah. overblown. Yeah, it got way. It was like the producers a decade before. It's like, wait, take it easy. Like this can't. Maybe it's awesome, but to say this is the greatest piece of art you've ever seen, that's maybe you should much. go to, go to the Louvre. You know, something. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. Go to Rome and just look up. Like, yeah, Hamilton is the greatest piece of art you've ever seen. Just look up. <laughs> Right, exactly. But honestly, it was like, it was a complete sausage fest. All right. Oh. The first, I actually counted, the first female line was at 20 minutes in. Oh, okay. And what roles do females get in this play? Hmm. There's an adoring wife. There's another wife who secretly loves Hamilton. And then there's a third wife who becomes his mistress. Uh-huh. So not a good look on women, right? Right. Here's how dumb I am. So at the start of the, uh, of the play, right, they, they introduce Hamilton. They explain, like, he's an immigrant. So, like, he's half, he's half white, but he's kind of, like, mulatto type. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's, from, he's from the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And he comes to America. And so he's played by this actor who sort of kind of looks, he's Puerto Rican, the actor, but he's, like, he looks mixed, right? Yeah. And then George Washington comes on stage in the play. And I'm like, I look at my wife, I'm like, is George Washington black? <laughs> <laughs> I had to look it up. It's the founding father. I had to look it up. I was like, George Washington's not black. And then I finally got it. I was like, oh, they're using black actors for <laughs> Well, no, George Washington was black. His nickname as a kid was Boom Boom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> George Boom Boom Washington. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back, Georgie. But, like, it was, I th okay, it was brilliant. The writing was brilliant, okay? okay. His songs, they took, it took a long time to develop this work of art. And he was grinding. Like, he, he, was, uh, he was a theater actor. Mm -hmm. on Broadway and so I'm talking about uh the the writer creator of uh Hamilton Lin-Manuel Miranda yeah it was from like the Bronx or something yeah just a street like a like a lower working class you know kid with yeah and he was working he was he was like a an actor on on Broadway he was he's a singer on Broadway and he wrote and then he found this this book and you read about Hamilton and, and he was completely inspired and he he started writing the script and he was working on it yeah. And scene by scene by scene by scene, he eventually performed in small theaters around the state of New York. Yeah. And it built into this thing. But it wasn't like a one-year project. This was like a 10-year project. Sure. Yeah. To transform. So, like, he's like, you think of back in the day, which other actor made a play or a movie for themselves, basically? He's like the Stallone of our time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have seen it, but on a much tinier scale. Okay. You know? Like Eric Bogosian wrote Talk Radio. Oh, okay. Like 
Sam Shepard did a handful of stuff with basically with himself in mind. Yeah. But no, and what's even more impressive is that um, is that this kid, he's so good at theater, but he's actually straight. So <laughs> that took me for, he did a he did a really funny stint on Curb Your Enthusiasm as yeah. himself. So it yeah. was uh, pretty cool. No, he's a good guy. Um I just hope that because it's so American centric. Yeah. So American centric. I don't think the story would work if they make it about a black family. Okay. With white actors, it wouldn't work because people, <laughs> people, people wow. wouldn't buy in. But the buy in was so strong because it's so American centric, right? In order to sell in the state, it has to be that. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. So he, he knew what he was doing, how to, how to like get people to buy in from a historical perspective. It's yeah. fun. No, absolutely. It's, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole social issue now these days with who can play who. And yeah. Playing out majorly in the entertainment industry, but no, obviously visible minorities can play white people, but white people cannot dare. <laughs> Don't I've you dare take up, my role, Brent. Don't you dare. Want, yeah, no, I because I, I my dream has been to play Muhammad Ali. Hey. I'm so pretty. You'll get uh, it one time. You'll get it. Maybe. All right. We got topic one, which is you. It's me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me find it here. So um, there, there are calls from the usual places for Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, Whoa. to to step down amidst. <laughs> Amidst his latest scandal, um, which I don't want to bore people, um, they, they want him to hand over the, the, the prime minister role to Deputy Prime Minister Christopher Freeland. Uh, Bill Morneau, Morneau, our finance minister, is asked, be, being asked to step down as well from, from opposing MPs. So the WE charity, the WE charity, is, um, it's one thing. And now that does a lot of education and, and childhood development in um, Asia, Africa, Latin mm -hmm. America, other developing parts of the world, but also for educational and like, you know, preparatory sort of services in, in, in Canada. Right. Okay. So the WE Charity is what it is, but the WE Charity Foundation is another thing, right? So it's basically a shell company that holds real estate assets for the charity. So the, uh, the government gave over 900 million bucks to the single source holding company um, and making it, a, it's, it's clearly, it's an ethics violation. Right. Now, liberal governments, they're always brought down by this sort of funding sort of ethics scandal. It never, never fails. Now, but I would say Trudeau is kind of like Trump in a way, even though he'd never admit that, but he's gotten through scandal after scandal relatively unscathed right the you can't take him down he's like he's like the teflon prime minister the the the, the lavalin thing the brown face thing okay. Okay. Ignoring, ignoring the pipeline protest thing all right um, so he actually is like trump like no matter what the opponents do to try to take him down he just skates through on his charm i guess yeah um and yeah he doesn't want to be like i think most humans on earth are nothing like trump no but, you don't have the comparison of trudeau but, uh, and trump yeah, they're the, opposites, the, but I understand the, where you're getting at. Yeah, success rate of getting through scandals, but okay. So, see, the thing is, like, I can't think of a, a liberal prime minister in my lifetime where opponents didn't 
insists that he step down for the good of the country, right? Like right. no matter, it's always, it's always, it's the conservative MPs, it's talk 640, it's uh, uh, the Toronto Sun, yep. Joe Clark. I remember once Cray Shen, his tie didn't match his shirt. So Joe Clark's like, oh, I stepped out. Stepped out. <laughs> oh, I think what Canadians really need right now is for him to step down. So like, it's, it's, it's constant, right? They're always being asked to step down. Um, so my my question is: Are the are the people calling for the resignation of Morneau and Trudeau being overly dramatic? That's a very good question. Oh, thank you. I'm gonna say this on air right now. It's gonna be our first prediction ever on the show. Okay. Christia Freeland will be the second female prime minister of Canada. All right, then. 100%. No offense to Kim Campbell, but five months was too short. Okay? Some people don't even count it. She, no, she was set up as a patsy. Even Alex Trebek gets tripped up on that question. Who was the first female prime minister? Kim Campbell. Was she, though? Hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know how some people called Obama black Jesus mm-hmm. in the media? Right. Mr. Freeland is female Jesus. I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. She's Harvard educated, like Obama. She's written two best selling books, like Obama. She has a crush on Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Man, she's, I try to search for any dirt I could on this woman. No. Could not find anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. I'm emailing professors, I'm emailing friends, I'm looking through Facebook, like looking for blackface. There's nothing. Yeah. And she's got three kids just like me. So she knows real pain. <laughs> okay. Her okay. resume is flawless, dude. Mm-hmm. Flawless. And she's not bad looking either. No, absolutely. I mean, and that's a real thing. That's a real factor. Yeah. Because like there is that that media attraction. Yes. So, I so think if Trudeau tries to argue, oh, she doesn't look like me, no, she's not bad looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think to, more to the point, it's like women right now as leaders during COVID, they're doing an amazing job. Look at the countries that are getting recognition. Germany, how they handled first the, the big spike in the numbers and how they've handled since then. Taiwan, Norway, New Zealand. Finland, all lower death rates and cases than other countries. Right. Why? What are, the, what are the male politicians doing? What are the leaders saying? We need to save the economy. Right. What are the female leaders doing? We need to save humankind. Okay. You know? What's yeah. the economy without anybody to buy stuff? So you got to think. Yeah. They're doing a great job. And I have, right now, I have three situations where I think Ms. Freeland would do better as PM okay. over Canada. Okay. Instead of Trudeau. Let's say 45 gets back into power. Because right. we don't know how the U.S. is going to vote come November. No. Our relationship with the U.S. right now is strained as is. Mm-hmm. Severely, right? Would you agree? Absolutely, yeah. Worse than ever. Worse yeah. than ever. In, in exactly, right? Can you imagine four more years of not being able to negotiate? 
No, I can't. She speaks five languages, including Russian. Uh huh. She'll be able to put in a good word with us with Putin, wouldn't she? <laughs> For some reason, 45 listens to Putin, doesn't he? Right. That's my first case. Okay. I just saw that article on this, my second reason. That article, they gave away, what was it? Half a billion dollars. Half a billion dollars mm-hmm. to ineligible CERB applicants. Hmm. Now, Ms. Freeland, Mrs. Freeland, she's written all sorts of finances books. She's an expert in finance. She was the lead for NAFTA, renegotiating the deal with Canada and the U.S. You think that much money would slip through on her watch? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. In my last cell... She was, first of all, before even coming into politics, she was a a media person. Right. She knows how to prepare for interviews. She knows what sort of questions the media is going to ask. She's not going to be slipping up, having any 21-second pauses, (laughs) thinking about answers. She knows what she's doing, man. And I think, as I called it at the start, She's going to be our new prime minister one day. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I have no doubt she can certainly anticipate all the gotcha questions. Yeah. Matter. You know, she can probably handle the, uh, the nonsense coming from the Tories and the block from the other side. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't dislike Justin. I just think that he, he's taken his entire uh, prime ministership for granted. Yeah. You know, he acts yeah. like he's entitled to it. So... No, I think no. I think you made an excellent case. I'm not I'm not sure how uh, how Canada's going to feel about it, but I say why not? Like I said last week, it can't get any worse. Can't get any worse. Yeah. Hey, right. America could get worse. Day by day. Yes. If if Kanye becomes president, <laughs> it could be a gong show. Yeah. Could it be a gong show? Well, no matter who becomes president in the U.S., there's going to be a lot a lot of stuff to work through. All right, we got our second topic. Um, this one's me. This one is, I'm going to take you to Japan. Cool. So there's a, there was, this was from a recent article published this week. Uh, a human rights watchdog has filed a report against Japan for physical, sexual, and verbal abuse of athletes who are training for high-performance sports. Right, I read that. Some of the abuse has been linked to depression, suicide, physical disabilities, and lifelong trauma. Now, there's some other reports coming up from other countries in that region, including South Korea, where there was a nationally ranked triathlete who also committed suicide after years of abuse from her coach, including sexual abuse. Is it time? for countries in the Eastern side of the world to change their training methods or is a public outrage overly dramatic? Wow, that's a really really interesting one. Now we certainly, 
we're multicultural enough that those issues do visit us here in Canada. We do have, we do have issues. We have issues with um, a lot of people being pressured so greatly that they commit suicide. Yeah. Not only in the, in the athletic world, but also in like uh, academics and stuff like that. Oh yeah. There's a lot of suicide happening in Ivy league schools that we never hear about. Those stories go undercover. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, every time there's exam, exam time it's uh, actually a pretty worrying i'm trying to make a joke about it i want to say like yeah i lived in a student building yeah. once and yeah i mean it's so hard and i i like picking i like p- picking topics that are real that like most yeah. people would like cringe if you were to even think about trying to tell a joke but it right. we want to we were going at it from a light-hearted way right so yeah this is really bad timing for japan this is like my main point they have the Olympics that are supposed to be in a year from now. It was postponed for COVID. It was postponed so for COVID. They still don't have a start date that's set yeah. because we don't know if there's a vaccine or how they're going to deal with it. Right. It's awful. It's really, really bad timing. Yeah. You almost don't even want to have anything to do with Japan, don't you? Yeah, as a standard, as a standard rule, I mean, I haven't really – it's – that that's a country that is very isolationist we've had you know massive trade deals with them but culturally they like to stay apart you know yeah in, in the yeah. new world we have tons of koreans southeast asians chinese stuff like that but we, yeah. there's not a great japanese population there. yeah and like it's and that's i'm not saying that's good or bad i mean it's just it's because they've always been their own society and very right. sort of you know isolationist um so yeah, I mean, as a as a normal person, I'm I'm scandalized by the idea of pressuring young people to such an extent that they kill themselves. You know? It's it's also like the the power structure with the coaches and the athletes. They're yeah. so fearful of their coaches, and the coach yeah. almost having that right or having that belief that they can abuse them physically and sexually as well. That is just. Yeah, you see that a lot, you know, I mean, there's this, like you said, this power dynamic between the authority and, and the sort of the, I guess the, well, the, the person under them, what would you say? Yeah. Like a, I don't want to say supplicant, but perhaps just like the student and like yeah. that's their life is in your hands for you to make them the best you can be. And for you to violate that kind of trust is disgusting. But Asian countries have this serious social hierarchy where yes. you cannot question anyone with an ounce more authority than you. You can't question them. Right. So, you know, the sexual abuse makes me want to just go beat some ass. I tell this <laughs> to my, I tell this to my Korean students all the time too, yeah. because like they're, they're professional adults and many of them have kids. And I say, yes. let them be kids. Yes. Don't set up school eight hours and then some friggin' academy for three hours. Then they go home and they study till they pass out. <laughs> the kids seven, you know, yeah. so like ease up. Let yeah. them be kids. It's not. I'm not saying let them be spoiled, whiny brats like American kids. But so are you teaching uh, English or parenting? Uh, well, <laughs> I like to put a mix of both. You know, a little, little bit of a uh, little good, bit good, of good. in there too. But yeah, no, I, I, I basically I teach whatever I'm on my high horse about that day. Awesome, man. Whatever I feel like, you know, harassing people over. But no, like exam time at U of T, it's mm-hmm. like the freaking Thanksgiving episode of WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, like, yeah. Jumping out freaking windows because they got a B. Oh, know? yeah. It's, it's completely disgusting. And yeah. uh, if, if the West has any influence on the rest of the world, 
I think it's to uh, let people be people, not expectations. Right. So. Right. And I was reading more and they just said Japan actually just got rid of corporal punishment this year. April. This year. Yeah. This year. 2020. Kids they were still getting beat in school. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just a hunch. If you're using corporal punishment in 2020 as a teacher, there's going to be a lot of teachers quitting their job when they're trying to get back the kids in these classes. It's not yeah. going to work out. If you are still using that method of yeah. discipline, yeah, it's awful. That's another reason why I'm glad that North America is a relatively litigious society because I'd be suing their ass off mm. if, they, if they touched my kid. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I went to Catholic school. I'm not religious. My family's not religious, but yeah. we're Irish, so we were Catholic. And the Catholic school was just closest to my house. Yeah. And I remember they had this strap. I never got it because I was actually a pretty good kid, but they had this strap in the you know 60s and 70s. And apparently my mom, she was kind of a badass. And um, apparently this, this one teacher or VP or something tried mm -hmm. to give her the strap and grabbed her hand. So she hit it. My mom grabbed it and pulled it out of her hand and like chased her with it. Yeah. Um, that's what I do. If, Try to hit uh, the teacher if back. If anybody in some bogus authority tries to physically harm me or somebody, yeah. I care about, then it's either lawsuit time or ass whipping time. Yeah. That's why I think it, it wouldn't work for North America because a lot of the times if the coach try to physically abuse the athlete, some basketball player, most right. of the athletes, they're bigger and stronger than their coaches. They'll get beat up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> North America, 100%. Yeah. You're, not, you're not beating up any coach. Or you're, yeah, you're, you're going to get beat up. The coach will get beat up by the athlete. But gonna, winning an Olympic gonna... medal right. in some of these countries is, is a big deal. You know, it's a, it's a huge deal, especially for yeah. the coach. So there's so much pressure on them for success, right? It's life-changing. It gets you, it's like the old Greek style. It gets you a living for life. It gets you a pension or something. Yes. Like yeah. But for us in Canada here, we don't, what's the Olympics? It's, it's like way down the list. Yeah. Way you down. Hope get, you hope to get like a, like an orange juice commercial or something. Yeah. yeah. Life goes on because there's hockey. Yeah. And when there's no hockey, there's poutine. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have the ice capades. <laughs> How do yeah. you do? How do you discipline a sumo wrestler? You know, <laughs> right? That's how do you make? A, how do you make a UFC uh, protege fall in line? So I don't know. It's a bad. It's not a well thought out plan. Yeah. So I don't know, I'm just. I always try to bring it back. Coaching and parenting, kind of all the same to me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If have you ever read the book on parenting? I wrote the book on no. Uh, <laughs> you wrote it. <laughs> But you say it like there's one. Like, there's, ooh, one. Got, like, right. or? there's one book. All right. You open up the chapter. It says positive reinforcement for good behavior. Okay. Every parent knows that. Yeah. Then you turn to the chapter on bad behavior. It's empty. There's no advice. Uh-huh. There's no advice. There's no solution yeah. on what to do. Even teachers are struggling with that. Suspensions don't work. Detentions don't work. Mm. You know what I do, though? You know what makes me a good parent? I bribe my kids. <laughs> candy. Yeah. Every parent knows that. Stop fighting. Here's a candy. 
Yep. We got 20 cavities in their mouth. We're good. <laughs> They're behaved. Right. <laughs> Teachers need to give more candy. Right. Yeah, the, the the tires in your car are all flat right now, but you know, nonetheless, the the kids are behaving. Give more candy, man. So, oh, that's funny. You know, all right. Okay, where are we at? We're at topic number three, and I'm I'm fearful of this one. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> see, the thing is, <laughs> okay. this is a, this is a clean show. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not looking, I'm not looking for controversy. I'm not, this is not clickbait, man. Like I, I would prefer if nobody ever watched our We're podcast. trying to get on CBC. What are you talking about? Well, yeah. I, and I, I think CBC, I think CBC are uh, very open to alternative lifestyles. Okay. Um, so, but now, now I have to specify, I have really no idea what this next topic is or the, the subject of this next topic. I don't actually know what it is. All right. But apparently, the the British Columbia government is advocating, uh, for the purpose of safety, and amid the COVID crisis, yeah, something called glory holes. I again, I don't, I have no idea what it is, but it sounds very patriotic, like. A glory hole. Yeah. Like, like, who wouldn't want to be in something so nice sounding? <laughs> what were you doing? Oh, I was in the glory hole. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I suppose that these things that, you know, like, I, I assume government officials use them all the time because they seem to know a lot about it and safety is their top priority. And this is BC and they tend to lean further left than most other provinces. Okay. But I'm, I'm sure that Ontario uh, will follow suit if this experiment is successful. Because I'd love to find Doug Ford in, in a glory hole for, <laughs> for the safety of, of our citizens. So now, if there, if there is one thing that we, we've learned from the pandemic, it's that governments know best. And, oh, sure they do. And they're never wrong. So... Here's the glory holes, whatever they are. Um, for safety, I, I hope to see all Canadians lined up at like dark gas stations and truck stops, oh, mall washrooms, and provincial legislatures <laughs> starting immediately. It's for our safety, people. Or are the politicians advocating glory holes being overly dramatic? All right. Um here we are trying to get on CBC and here's Brent with glory holes. All right. Okay. So I'm not going to describe it. I'm not going to describe it because you already said it's a clean podcast. So if you want to go ahead and Google it and you fall into that dark web and you can't get out for a few hours because whatever porn up or whatever channel you decide to go down, good luck. Good luck getting out of there. I like how you know the names of them. <laughs> So I checked out, okay, so I actually, you, you, you mentioned CDC, so the Canadian Center for Disease Control. Yeah. Tried to, they, they, they put that out there, that this is like a safe method, right? And then I went on this website, Complex website, it's called Complex, and they show a picture of what looks like a camera that's at the bottom of a water well. It's like 10 feet deep. 
This is like a physically impossible glory hole. Wow. It's like, that is not it. That is not <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. I, so That's the wrong website. That is the wrong. <laughs> well, that's their first image. Like, that's horrible. So I, I was actually shocked about this CDC recommendations. You know what I mean? If glory holes become a safer recommendation than condoms, <laughs> we are officially doomed. I don't care what you tell me. Yes. This is the last straw for humanity. You don't know what's on the other side. I don't know you if have you to be to in know. shape. You have to be in shape for it to work. You can't have a beer belly. Right. Is this the CDC's way of curing us from cardiovascular disease? <laughs> it's a messy situation, Brent. Hi. Yes. Uh, I was, I'm not even going to do any of my uh, Catholic Church confessional jokes. But, Don't. Uh, no, I'm We're still gonna. trying to get on CBC. So. See, the more, the more you say it, the less it's going <laughs> to happen. The less it's going to happen. I think CBC are going to say, you know, I, we like the clean black dude, but, but the, the other guy, he's too disturbing. So if we can give them half the funding, oh, in the world, like, it's like no coffee at all. But oh, see, this is what happens when you get people who are so ideological that they actually don't consider the, the well-being of every citizen. You know, no. they consider the ideological well-being of their base. Yeah. We can't have politicians that cater to their own base. We need to have politicians that try to be everything to everybody, to the best of their ability. All right, I saved it. I pulled it out. Here, here's, I pulled it out of the glory hole and made it a nice... Uh, here's the thing. Okay. It's a, it's a messy situation. But a lot <laughs> can go wrong. No pun intended. No pun intended. It's a lot can go wrong. Let's say, let's say, you know what we're talking about. You go, you pay the money. You pay the money. And the person runs off. What do you tell the cops? He had rough hands. You know what I mean? They can't find that person. You can't even describe what they look like. Right. Is it like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Is it like, is this like a co-ed situation? Is, is, this, is this like a? It could be like a, a mixed. Like it, I, I'm just thinking of Jim Carrey going find a happy place. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the dynamics would be. But if the government's doing it, it's going to have a lot of staff, right? So yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of administrators standing by, making sure that everything goes smoothly. And uh, yeah, so for for public safety's sake, uh, go fillet strangers in gas stations. <laughs> for public safety, we try to keep it clean, man. I, that's Look, as clean as I can. I'm gonna I've get been, out of this calamity right now. Okay. Let's get clean. <laughs> let's let's clean this up. <laughs> We're on to Brent's segment. We just lost our Sesame Street contract. Yeah, we just yeah we lost a, qu quite a number of sponsors. But the polka dot door just slammed shut uh, in our faces. Yeah. But I think maybe the conspiracy theorists would say the polka dot door actually those holes open. It, oh wow. Pokeroo, what kind of name is that, you sick freak? <laughs> what are we on? What's your song this week? Oh, um, it's about it's about stuff that I really like, but I'm not allowed to. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Did I 
forget how to play. vacation I can't cook food if it's Asian cause I try and I try and I try and I try but it's cultural appropriation I can't get no cultural appropriation when I'm trying to see some film and I want to go see Black Panther because I like what they've done with the character and it looks really cool. And then some woke blogger says white people shouldn't go see it because it's none of their business. It ain't for me. But I don't think that Marvel Studios would agree. I can't get no cultural appropriation. My kimono is under my bed. And my sombrero is not on my head Cause I try, and I try, and I try, and I try But it's cultural appropriation I can't get no appropriation Well, I'm going on a trip and I'm just trying to buy some cool stuff because your country really interests me. And I've been a big fan for a long time and I, I just want to contribute to your economy. And you say, piss off with your white supremacy, but go ahead and leave the cash. <laughs> I can't get no cultural appropriation. Appropriation. I'm tired of and coleslaw and I'm sick of roast beef and pork chops but I try and I try and I try and I try but it's cultural appropriation it's cultural appropriation Appropriation, appropriation, I can't get no appropriation. All right. Yeah. Isn't that terrible? Love it, man. Can't eat no sushi either. Oh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had, I had 19 more verses, but I didn't think the podcast would sustain it. Uh, you cannot do anything. You cannot do anything. I just think that's one of the dumber aspects of wokery. Yeah. You know? Like, just come on. Like, no, like, I'm not talking about, like, you know, blackface. I'm no. I'm talking about mocking people. No. I'm talking about cool shit from around the world that we really like that we should yeah. be able to enjoy without being accused of being Nazis. Exactly. So, anyway. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You got to live, man. <laughs> All right, we're going to plug our podcast. So if you are watching our show or if you listen to it, follow us on the Instagram. It's awesome. At Overly Dramatic Podcast on Instagram. It's totally cool. We've got a nice, cool, professional vibe. We put clips for the show. We've got Brent's face on there. we got my face on there. we got little audio clips. All right, check us out. 
We're on to the final part path of our show right now. Um, final thoughts. I just want to say I've been riding a lot and I'm seeing a lot of scat on the sidewalks. A lot of scat. Too much animal excrement on the sidewalks and on the pathways, guys. When you walk your dog, please don't leave its poop right on the path. If your dog poops in the bush and you can't see it, nobody else can see it, that's fair game. But if it's on the bike path or the sidewalk and I got to drive through it and I got to come home and wash my wheels off or clean my running shoes, that's not nice, man. Don't be lazy. If you have the bag in your hand and you're about to bend down, all of a sudden you're just like, meh, it's good for the environment. That's not cool. Clean the scat. That's my final thought. Nice, yeah. Well, let, let's hope it's dogs. <laughs> it's dogs, man. <laughs> you think we got cougars running around? Well, I, oh, yeah. I knew one once. Her name was Shelly. She, uh, <laughs> yeah. she was out clubbing. and uh, Anyway, so my, my final thoughts are TMBS, all right? Um, Michael Brooks died a few days ago completely unexpectedly. He was like 37 years old. Yeah. He's one of my favorite broadcasters, one of my favorite political commentators and journalists. He died very, very unexpectedly of no prior illness. It ended up being a thrombosis in his throat. He's gone. I loved him. Okay. Just watch his stuff if you can. The Michael Brooks show. He was on the Majority Report. He did correspondence with The Hill. <clears throat> he did correspondence with The Young Turks. A leftist who didn't get bogged down with Twitter nonsense. He was actually a really cool guy who was extremely intelligent, took a global view, a big picture view of not wasting time doing woke stuff, but actually restructuring economic structures in order to benefit everybody. I'm very sad he's gone. I will miss him. Watch his show, The Michael Brooks Show. They're going to continue it. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's keep doing uh, progressive, honest integrity in, uh, in journalism. Rest in peace. Indeed. It was awesome, man. Good shout out. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed our show. Uh, we're, we're just going to keep on rocking it. Thanks for following us. Thanks for listening. And uh, have a great week. This has been overly dramatic. This has been overly dramatic. See you next week.